Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again to Bravo Weekly News. Welcome. I hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, I want to start by saying I know this is a day late, um, but I had the worst migraine, and any of you who suffer from migraines will understand, and I just couldn't even, you know, be looking at the computer and editing, and it's just, no. So, thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. And we've got quite a bit of news to catch up on because I was on vacation last week. However, I did put out those two special bonus episodes about um, the Bethany Raquel interview. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to those yet, please go listen. Thank you everyone who did and for all your feedback. And if I can just ask you all a favor, I really need a favor from you. Please, please, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I upload all the podcasts there. And even if you don't listen to your podcasts on YouTube, if you just can subscribe anyway, (laughs) that would be greatly appreciated. Um, Because, you know, in order to get it up in the algorithm and and for me to get more views. And, you know, I'm trying to bring in more people. I want to expand, have a wider audience, all that good stuff. I can't do that without you, my original people who have always rallied and supported and been amazing. So if you could please subscribe to my YouTube channel, the link to it is in the episode description. But if you just go on YouTube, search the Bravo Papers, okay, because it's for the podcast, not for my um, Instagram account. So it'll be the Bravo Papers. And just hit subscribe. That's all I need you to do. Even if you're never going to listen to any of the videos, that's fine. You don't have to play them or anything like that. Just hit the subscribe button. I beg of you. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. All right. So let's get to the news for today. So obviously, as I said, I did those in-depth episodes about the Bethany Raquel uh, interview, but I'm not going to, you know, because of that, I'm not going to go into depth about that. I'm just going to cover some of the side stories um, that have happened kind of in relation to the interview, but aren't content from the interview itself. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start with SAG-AFTRA. So they actually put out, and again, this is from like a week or two ago because obviously I missed last week, so some stuff might be a little older, but still I'm going to cover it all just in case you haven't heard of it. We'll, you know, be safe. Okay. Better be safe than sorry with our coverage. So SAG-AFTRA says they stand behind reality TV, and that's the union that represents, you know, actors, the writers, um, entertainment people. 
um, that they stand behind reality TV stars in the fight. Um, they also said that they support, you know, Bethany's, what Bethany says she's going to be doing and her lawyers. That's what it says if you look up the headline. Now, if you read the article, there's another important part to this, which is that the union says, basically, yeah, the union already exists and reality TV stars are part of it. So this whole thing with Bethany, like creating a union, it's bullshit. It already exists. And they say in the article, if any of our members need help, our reality TV members, they can reach out. So there's that. <laughs> um, another thing that came out was that Bethany actually pitched a show to Bravo, a reality show, just months before this whole like lawsuit reality reckoning thing. Um, apparently it was going to be like a show that was going to follow some rich couples or something like that. Um, but I mean, obviously she's being called out by this because it it's like, okay, you're fine with Bravo and NBC and all the stuff that they do and all their, you know, immoral, terrible actions, unless it's you, unless it's good for you. Like when she was the sweetheart and the Bravo darling, as she likes to call herself, of the network. She was fine with it all. But then once it wasn't working in her favor, she became less popular. You know, people started to dislike her because she's so annoying on social media. Bravo kind of distanced themselves. They didn't ask her to be on Roni, the, the legacy or whatever. All of a sudden, she's not cool with this. And this was just six months ago. So does support my theory that that whole Watch What Happens Live thing with Jeff Lewis and and Andy was sort of a, you know, a breaking point for Bethany, <laughs> which I really think it was. You know, she had that interview. It came out that Andy was never going to ask her to be on Legacy. She looked kind of embarrassed and she sort of, you know, made it clear to Jeff Lewis that, yeah, I would have I would have considered it. But they didn't ask, so you didn't get to consider it. Sorry. And then Jeff Lewis also kind of made fun of her doing the Rewives podcast, and, and it was just, it was a mess. So just keep that in mind. If that doesn't speak to Bethany's intentions, I don't know what does. So another development with this story is that Candy Burris, who is one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, in case you didn't know, had her own response to Bethany and this whole attempted Bravo takedown. So she says, she told Entertainment Tonight, I myself would not be a part of that. It wouldn't make any sense for me to be a part of that. To me, if I'm working with somebody and I feel like they're not doing something that they should be doing, I address it right then. Um, she says that she doesn't think reality stars should wait for after. So I'm assuming she means like after they're done on the show, maybe, to air their grievances. You are not going to check with them no more and then come back and try to go for their throat. That's just how I feel, she said, adding that she always, quote unquote, reached out to the network to address any issues that she may have had. So that's Candy's perspective. Um, and I think a lot of people agreed with Candy's perspective. I mean, whether or not you think, um, you know, 
that there should be a union or all that kind of stuff. I think what I don't think that Candy is saying like I'm anti-union or anything necessarily. I mean, maybe she is. I don't know. Um, but I do think that she's saying maybe that she's had problems before on the shows and that she's maybe happy with the way that they've been addressed, which is fine. That's her experience, right? Other people may not have had the same experience, right? So, you know, I'm not going to degrade other people who may have had bad experiences on reality TV because those exist, but there are going to be some people who've had positive experiences with the network. So I guess Candy is speaking from her own um, time on the show. Okay. So we have to take that for what it is. Uh, Bethany's also, you know, she's received obviously a lot of backlash from the interview, tons of backlash, right? You know, people are saying that <clears throat> she's taking advantage of Raquel because she's not paying her. So that was a big point of criticism for Bethany. People are also saying that, you know, just Raquel is not a good example of someone who was taken advantage of because she's the one who basically, I don't know, I guess took advantage of her friendship with Ariana and who kind of schemed in a way to keep this behind the scenes and not reveal it to the show, right? So there's been all sorts of criticisms. You know, Bethany's reacting in the way that you would expect Ms. Frankel to react. She's only posting the positive DMs and she's replying back to the negative ones, kind of trying to justify things. And then she's also making like TikToks or or she went on her podcast and was like, I don't care. I don't care about the negative criticism. You know, people are saying this, people are saying that. I don't care. So to me, if your response is, I don't care, that kind of shows that you don't have maybe like a a good comeback or you don't have a rebuttal, right? It kind of says that she's sort of stuck. I do think she cares too. Now, do I think Bethany can handle a lot of negative criticism? Absolutely. I think she's one of the people who can really handle it. However, what I don't think she can handle is people not thinking that she's the most special star number one girl, right? I really think that that's what's bugging her. She could handle being like the star of Roni and Bravo's like number one girl, even if she was getting lots of criticisms from the audience for her choices and things like that. But not having everyone bow down at her feet and just you know, believe everything she says. I think that's something that she can't really handle. And I almost feel like she's just filtering out the bad for her own, I don't know, ego or sanity or something. Um, she's now saying that she's going to pay Raquel. So all these, I mean, like she's not really saying it directly. All these people are like, well, aren't you going to, are you going to pay Raquel? It's the same thing. You're exploiting her. And she just keeps responding to comments and she's like, stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're going to find out how wrong you are. Stay tuned. Like if you're saying stay tuned like a thousand times and it's a lot, trust me, she says it a lot in these comment, in comment replies to people. That means she has no plan. 
that there was no payment plan in place ahead of time, or she would just say, yes, I paid her X amount, or yes, we already worked that out and there's been a negotiation. But she's not saying that. She's saying stay tuned, which means she's scrambling to do it now. (laughs) So she's obviously only paying Raquel because everyone criticized her into doing it. She basically got bullied into it. She would not have paid her if it wasn't for the outcry. One, I feel... 1,000% sure of that. Okay, so she also released a video of the interview on YouTube, so she's going to get even more revenue, and that's probably how she's going (laughs) to pay Raquel. She's like, okay, you can have some of the YouTube money. I'm keeping all the podcast money. Um, Another sort of criticism that Bethany's received is that she claims that she has the number one podcast. Um, I mean, this is just a blatant lie. Like, I don't know if Bethany just doesn't understand how podcast ratings work or if she just thought because she was number one in Apple, that meant she's number one everywhere. Like, you're not... Joe Rogan is unfortunately still the number one podcast. Like, sorry, Bethany. It's just not... Yeah. Anyways. Uh, So her lawyers, on an update from that story, from the uh, quote-unquote suing of NBC, sent a letter to NBC demanding that they release stars from the NDAs that they have, so non-disclosure agreements, so they can speak on alleged mistreatments, racism, abuse, etc. There's no names. It just says, like, 60 reality stars. And I would like to know who they were. It's just like every time we have one of these claims from her, there's no names. And then if there are names, those people seem to kind of walk back on it. And it's a little like, okay, can we know who it is? It's just like, can we get some verification that this is real or some proof that this isn't just another headline that Bethany is feeding to page six? Okay. Um, And last story in relation to this whole Bethany thing, and then I'm ready to not talk about it anymore unless something huge happens, is that one of her lawyers is actually involved in their own lawsuit. So one of Bethany's lawyers is accused of not paying his workers. And basically he has a magazine, LA Magazine, and writers freelance writers specifically are claiming that he hasn't that he hasn't paid them and that he's owed or that they are owed a certain amount of money. And uh you know the article also says that freelance writers now refuse to work for LA magazine because of this. So this is the lawyer that Bethany thinks is a good person to serve and defend the little guys. Okay. Good luck with that. All right, let's talk Vanderpump Rules. So there's been quite a bit of news surrounding the show, even though it hasn't even, you know, premiered or stopped filming. But of course, because the show was so highly rated and it's so highly anticipated that there's going to be way more leaks this time around. So to start off, LVP has responded to a lot of the things that were said in the Raquel Bethany interview. 
First of all, she revealed that Raquel actually made $361,000 for her season. She also said that she did try to get Raquel to film with her a one-on-one and that, you know, it just ultimately didn't work out, that Raquel chose not to come back. But LVP, yeah, she was trying to get like a sit-down scene, which is consistent with what um, Raquel says. But as we know, you know, she's not coming back. So we know that for sure now, which, I mean, I pretty much knew that for sure anyways. But, you know, if she was getting 361000 and that's before Scandaval, I mean, like, imagine what they must have offered her for this season. So the fact that, you know, she was whining and crying because it wasn't equal with what Tom and Ariana were making is is wild to me. Um, but that being said, I'm glad that she decided not to come back because I really don't think the show needs her. As I said before, it's she's really like her story's done. It's wrapped up. Everyone's moved on from her. I think like, you know, bye. Anyways, um, LVP also addressed what Raquel said in the interview about Tom Sandoval being offered a producer credit for the new season and said that is bullshit and that she's the executive producer. It's her show and she's never heard such a thing. Listen, do I think that LVP tells the truth 100% of the time? No. However, I watched the TMZ interview. This was an actual street interview, not a setup one. LVP was like desperately trying to get away from them. Like she even was like, okay, I have to go. Like, and she was like walking into the restaurant. And then when the, the, um, when the person said it, she stopped and kind of came back out and it was, it looked like authentic shock. Like what? She said, what? So I, I'm going to have to believe LVP in this case. Plus like, you know, as we know, She's a, Raquel's a known liar. So there you go. All right. People have been pretty like bent out of shape about some of the footage from the upcoming season because, you know, there's a lot of footage of the Vanderpump Rules group like together and, you know, looking friendly and, you know, pictures that kind of look like Tom Sandoval is closer friends with the group and things like that. I think, I don't know. Do I think that pictures and shots of them, like from people's phones and stuff, get taken out of context a lot? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that there's probably some forgiveness of him within the group? Also, yes. Do I think that like Ariana is like besties with him and, and stuff? No. So what? here's what I'm chalking it up to. I think that some people in the group are going to have started to forgive him and are maybe going lighter on him. Okay. People like Brock, Schwartz, etc. I think some people are going to maintain a more harsh stance like Katie and Ariana, obviously. I think some people are going to be kind of middle and I think that will be... Sheena, Lala, James, okay? And I think that middle ground is going to be because, you know, they have to work with this person, they're under contracts. And in one sense, I'm like forgiving because this cast is so good 
they've always been so good at just like moving forward and doing what's best for the show and always sharing the nitty gritty and hanging out with each other, even though they hate each other. Like they've been so good with that. But then on the other hand, I kind of understand why people might feel a little uh, like audience because like Lala and, you know, James and they all went so hard on him and they made us feel like the relationship is over and we're never going back. And they, you know, and they did capitalize off of that. So I can understand at the same time why people feel that way. Now, all this being said, I'm not going to make any final decision about how I feel till I watch the season. Because, you know, pictures and shots, like, it can all be misleading. As for the whole cast walking in to do like filming or an appearance at some restaurant or something and Ariana's walking like right in front of Tom that I don't really that means nothing like you the cast has to all walk in together it could have just they all squished in that's how it ended like I just really don't think that's that meaningful um and I still I don't think on any level that you know oh him and Ariana we're gonna come back and the two of them are gonna be best friends or anything like no I really don't think so um, so speaking of that, of Ariana, she responds to Raquel's claim that she passed around the sex tape. So somebody was like, why aren't more, somebody commented on, I think it was either Instagram or TikTok. And they're like, why aren't more people talking about how Ariana, you know, shared that tape around? Isn't that illegal? And Ariana responded and said, yeah, because it never happened. So she maintains that she did not show it to people and pass it around which I do believe her. Um, I believe that she saved it and showed it to Raquel and Tom when confronting them. Do I believe she sent it to all her friends and stuff? Mm, I think she's smarter than that. I really do. If there's anyone who I think is smarter than that and who knows how that could look and what a bad look that is, especially like as a woman, I, I, I don't think Ariana did. Just my opinion. Again, I don't know as a fact. Um, so continuing on uh, with, you know, people responding to Raquel slash Vanderbump rules in general. Um, Kristen Doty confirms that she, you know, she means what she said about James being abusive and she stands by all those things. But she says the spinoff was by no means like hush money or like to cover something up or anything from Bravo. So she does not agree with that, which is what Raquel said her opinion was on it. So Raquel said, yeah, I feel like she's been giving all of a sudden she has a spinoff. How convenient. And Kristen's like, no, that's not why. Which I mean, to me, that was obvious. It's like obviously the spinoff came because Kristen did that little appearance ratings were high, whether you liked it or not, the general reception was positive and people seemed to want to see Kristen again. So if Bravo thinks they can make some money off of her, they're going to try. And if it doesn't work, then oh well, they'll cancel it. Lala's also responded with the send it to Daryl comment because Raquel said that she was upset, especially about the money that Lala made off the send it to Daryl thing and all the merch, which 
do I even need to say why that's so stupid again? I said it on my bonus podcast, but it's so stupid. Anyways, like you didn't make it up, Raquel. It's Lala's line. (laughs) Anyways, so Lala basically, okay. So as I said earlier, Bethany said that she had the number one podcast. So Lala made a post and she was like, I just want to thank like the number one podcast for advertising my send it to Daryl merch or something like that. Just, you know, a snarky kind of post, but funny, well-timed. See, and that's why Lala is a good reality star, Raquel, because she's clever. She takes advantage of these moments to monetize and to sell her products. And she strikes while the iron is hot. Unlike you, who does nothing, expects everyone to do it for her, and then cries about it later. Just saying. All right. Um, There are also some rumors floating around about this upcoming season on a whole different topic that has nothing to do with Scandaval, which we love, which is that Katie may have hooked up with Max. Now, I don't know if people remember Max. He was on the show for like a hot minute during that one season where they tried to bring extra people in. And then people dug up some things that he had, you know, I'm not going to repeat it, but, you know, racist things he had said on his um, Instagram. And he was fired. So apparently he was filming for the spinoff, not for Vanderpump Rules, but for the spinoff. And there's rumors that Katie and him hooked up and coming from quite a few places that actually kind of look like it might be true. And then we found out soon after that he actually dropped out of filming the spinoff. So I was like, oh, damn, maybe he did. Like, I don't know if Katie was trying to piss off Schwartz because like Max was the manager at TomTom and they're friends. Or if her and Max actually liked each other, I don't know. So whatever. Schwartz deserves it. That's my opinion. Anyways. (laughs) On the other hand, there's also a rumor like this is so messy. So I feel like this new season is going to be really good, guys. Um, There's also a rumor that Katie is possibly hooking up with Tom Schwartz's new fling, some girl named Tori. So, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Just the usual craziness. (laughs) I mean, if that's true, imagine Schwartz and Katie are both going after the same girl, and then Katie's bisexual, and like, oh my god, this cast is just like the gift that keeps on giving. All right. I think that's all my Vanderpump news for (laughs) today. Again, a lot of that's unconfirmed word on the street kind of news, but, you know, we like that here. All right, let's talk about Summer House because filming is a go and the girls did a TikTok and I mean all the girls. So if you listen to my bonus episode about Summer House with Zell Brooks, where we talked about, you know, how the hell does this cast go forward? Because they legit all hate each other. And she said that she thought that, you know, the girls on the cast, like the quote unquote uh, mean girls, whatever you want to call them, Paige, Amanda, etc. She thought that they're just going to suck it up 
because Lindsay's not going anywhere and she's the star. And they have tried to take her down numerous times and it never works. And that, you know, they do not have the stamina to take another audience social media beating, which I agree with. So it seems like that's the case because they did this TikTok. All the girls are in it, including Lindsay. It looks like they're all getting along. So there you go. (laughs) It looks like they're conceding defeat to the Queen of Summer House. Like her or hate her, she's the Queen of Summer House. I'm sorry. All right. So on that same note, Sierra was on um, Nick Vile's podcast and she said, it was asked, you know, how's your friendship with Lindsay? And Sierra said, oh, it's on the up and up. So there you go. More confirmation. And Sierra also said that she thinks Danielle and Lindsay can mend things and that there is a chance for their friendship, which makes sense because I've seen pictures of them together. I believe Danielle was at her bridal shower. So it seems like that's the direction that they're going in, which I'm happy about because they were really good friends. However, I think Lindsay needs to keep her guard up because I don't know. I don't know if I would trust Danielle again after everything that happened. That's just me. So let's talk a little bit about Real Housewives of New Jersey because there's a little bit of filming and action going on there as well. So they are filming at the shore for Joe Gorga's birthday. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're filming at the shore again. Uh." See, I'm not like that mad about that because like a lot of places they do the same filming schedule every time. I think it's more the repetition of the Gorga versus Teresa storyline that's making everyone, uh, including me, like I really don't want it. Everyone is making so many assumptions because there's a group pick and it has all the ladies in it except Teresa and Jen. However, like Dolores posted it, and when you swipe through, there's also pictures with Teresa and Jen. And even like Danielle, when she posted, she also posted like her and Teresa. Like, I just like, I think people are reading into it too much because they want to like create a narrative that I even saw someone who's like, oh, Teresa's out. And I'm like, no, she's not out. She's still on this season. She's filming. She's on the cast. Like, I understand that there's people that hate her and want her out, but it's it's not happening. They're all in. Now, I have heard that Jackie is being pushed out. And yes, she was at this event, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to be really featured as a friend of or get a lot of camera time. So I have heard that she may no longer even have a friend of role. But again, I'm not... I feel like it's unconfirmed, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, But those are the rumors. Also, another interesting thing is that Teresa and Kim D re-followed each other on Instagram. I mean, listen, I know some people are going to be like, oh, it's just because she's trying to, you know, find someone that hates Melissa. Yeah, And it's kind of funny. (laughs) I just mean, like, I don't know. I just, I just, I guess I just love mess. And, like, there is no one more of a mess than Kim D. Like, I would be fine with Kim D coming back. I think Kim D would be hilarious. 
I think she would awaken a lot of stuff that's been under the surface that no one will talk about. And on both sides, I think, you know, I think Kim D can be pulled in both directions, depending on who she's like warm and cold on, because that's what's happened in the past. I don't know. I'd be okay with it. I'm just saying. Um, all right. So, oh, yeah. One thing I forgot about Vanderpump Rules um, one more thing I wanted to address. There was another comment made by Raquel in the interview that um, Lala bought, like Lala's house that she bought with the send it to Daryl money, that she bought that house. And that was actually the house that Brock had his eye on and wanted to buy with Sheena. Sheena has already responded to that on social media. And Sheena says, that's not true. That's not the house Brock wanted. Lala bought a house on their street end of story. So I just wanted to clarify that because um, I got an update on that. Oh, yes. And also, oh, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. This migraine really threw me off. Okay. Ariana responded to uh, also the discussion of the fact that she still lives with Tom because I guess Raquel brought it up on Bethany's podcast saying, well, they still live together. And I'm not surprised at all because they were not an intimate romantic couple. And somebody, I guess, on social media was like, why do you still live with him? And Ariana responded and said, I live in my home that I own while working with my lawyer and financial advisors to navigate the best path forward before uprooting my dog and my elderly cat and causing more trauma for the three of us. So there you go. I mean, like the fact, whoever the fan is that asked that is obviously not a real fan because... Like, anyone who knows anything would know why Tom is the type of guy who would refuse to move out. Like, he's a narcissist. He's going to refuse. And she shouldn't have to. He should have to move. So if I was her, I would stand my ground, too. Screw you. Get out. I'm staying with the pets. Or we both leave and we put it up for sale ASAP, which he probably can't do. Because as Raquel also said in the interview, sort of contradicting herself... He's got a lot of money tied up in the restaurant. And it's like, it's crazy that Bethany wouldn't even understand that. Like, she's the one who's been getting divorced for like nine years. And didn't she live with, what's his name? Um, what was her ex's name? Jason? Like, she lived with him for a while, even after they were separated, I think. So, I mean, give me a break. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about Real Housewives of Atlanta. So there's been some, you know, kind of, I don't know, outcry, I guess, about how badly production is doing this season. And, you know, I, I noticed it again the last couple days after Sunday's episode. A lot of people on Twitter are upset about that. And, you know, a lot of people are like, what is what is production doing? Like, there are storylines, there are good things happening, yet we're focusing on all the wrong things. And I gotta say, I agree with that. So I'm gonna read you a tweet from Kenya Moore that she tweeted out during the show on Sunday night's episode. So somebody tweeted a picture of Kenya and all the ladies at her Kenya Moore hair spa event. And Kenya um, reposted it, retweeted, whatever. 
and said, I think it was edited out. Despite having the entire cast there except one and Miss Cynthia Bailey and Claudia Jordan and it being my main storyline with a sort of like skepticism face emoji. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. Which like, I'm with her. Like, Claudia was there? And Cynthia? Like, gimme it. The whole cast was there. And like, if you look in this picture, it is a beautiful event. Like, gorgeous event. Like, huge floral bouquets and everyone's like wearing like pink, purple, and white. It just, it looks really nice. Like, I'll put the the picture in my Instagram post, but why did they cut that? And then we get Marlo's foster kid event. I'm not saying that's not important, but like, not, the point of the event was a little bit unclear. Not the whole cast was there. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's all, something's odd. Something's off with Atlanta, which is maybe why this season has been doing so poorly and why the fans are upset. I mean, like, I could see that. So, I don't know. It just, I really do blame production in this case. Like, normally, you know, I, we blame the cast or whatever, but, like, this, to me, is a clear case of production is screwing this up and maybe they need to be overhauled. And then I think they need overhaul and then we need a few small cast changes. I don't think we need a huge cast overhaul, contrary to popular prediction. Um, but I do think that there needs to be a couple changes, <clears throat> Sonia. Okay, so <laughs> on another Real Housewives of Atlanta note, where was I? Um, Kenya was on Carlos King's podcast, much like Nini was earlier. And I'm going to just share some of the kind of key things that she said. So a few of the key things that she says are that she confirmed some of the stuff from the Nini interview. So she confirmed that the women did went, go on strike during season five because they felt like Kim was getting preferential treatment. And then that was why they ended up casting Portia. And then they called her to film with Portia, which we know they did, um, creating iconic TV. Um, they. She also said that she was not in a good place during season five. She had to speak to a therapist. She considered not returning to the show, but apparently Carlos begged her to come back and basically said, like, I couldn't do season six without you. And as we know, she did come back. Um, basically, they told Kenya and Portia, like executive producers, that they revived the show because I guess it was, I don't know, maybe it was getting a little stale or whatever. And Kenya said I that she does miss Nini being on the show. She said, you know, Nini did build the house, but that it got foreclosed on. Although, I mean, people, you could kind of argue that it got foreclosed on after Nini left. So wouldn't that mean it's kind of Kenya and the rest of the cast fault. I don't know if that was the best burn, but anyways. <laughs> um, you know, she confirmed as well that she was punished for um, for not sharing her marriage to Mark daily on the show. So she confirmed that as well. And then part two of the interview, which just came out today, I think, um, Kenya says that Phaedra knew the rumor about her and Apollo was not true, 
but said it anyways because she was just trying to take Kenya down. Apollo told Carlos it wasn't true, and Carlos said, well, you need to tell Kenya. And it took quite a few, uh, you know, attempts by Carlos by the time that Apollo finally admitted it on camera, and he was nervous. She said she thought, like, her and Portia had a really interesting dynamic, um, and that Portia's not a bad person, and she never, like, hit below the belt, quote-unquote, which uh, I don't know if I agree with that. But anyways, I think it's just because they've kind of made up now, so she's going a little softer on her, maybe. But anyways, um, she said the fight, like, when Portia pulled her hair at the season six reunion, really took a toll on her mental health, um, but they were on speaking terms for over a year before they recently did the refollow. So the two of them refollowing each other on IG was a big deal. Everybody was talking about it. Like, does this mean that Portia might be coming back? Them forming a friendship? This could mean something, which, I mean, I really hope so, because I would love to see the two of them back on camera, and I would love to see them, like, at least trying to be friends. I think it would be interesting. Okay. She also said that she misses Portia on the show. So, missing Nini and Portia. Okay. Um, she also said, I thought this was interesting, that Drew and Sonia didn't earn their peaches. And that casting works best when people audition and earn the peach the way that her and Portia did. So, it came out, basically, Kenya said that her and Portia were filming for quite a bit before they were given their peach. So, for example, like that, there was that event um, where Portia was doing like a charity event, I think it was, and she had Kenya there. And this is when she called her uh, Miss America instead of Miss USA or whatever. And then they got into that fight and Kenya left. That, they were filming that and they were did not have peaches at that point yet. So they were filming that and they were not even guaranteed a full-time spot. So I think that's what she means. Like, those were sort of, like, auditions. But she had filmed, like, her and Portia had filmed some amazing scenes already before they even were given their peaches. Now, I mean, I kind of disagree about Drew. I agree about Sonia. Like, Sonia was just given it and, and she's a mess. A boring mess. Drew, on the other hand, I think is really a good reality TV character. I think she's interesting. I think she... I do think she lies. I do think she can be delusional and a little, sometimes her vibes are a little scammy. Um, but I think that's kind of what, what makes her a good, um, a good peach holder. Um, she's, you know, she causes drama and she, she has a good personal storyline. She also says, Kenya, sorry, that Marlo has destroyed the last two seasons of the show says you cannot make a fan into a housewife. Ouch. I mean, that's up for debate. I I kind of agree because she has caused some of the issues in terms of the dynamics and things like that. And I do think a lot of the stuff she's doing is really fake and put on. But she's also had a lot of entertaining moments and some of the other ladies haven't. So it's 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 a tough one. I'm kind of in the middle on this one. Um, she also said Marlo's a prime example of why you don't give friends of a full-time role, which, eh, I mean, that's debatable. 
Um, she says production for some reason protects Marlowe, says she never feels protected. And that goes back to the tweet I was talking about earlier, like them editing out her parts and kind of giving Marlowe a good edit all of a sudden this season. Like, so I don't know, there is something going on. I don't know if it's because production like decided to promote Marlowe and now they've got like they've banked so much on her that they just like they don't want to admit that it didn't work. And maybe they're just like digging their heels in. I don't know. Anyways, Candy says that she feels like Courtney had an agenda, wanted a peach. I mean, of course. Duh. Like, we know that. Um, And she does say that she doesn't think it needs a full reboot, but she does think that the show needs a few new cast members. Exactly what I said. I agree. I really agree. So, all right, that's it from Kenya and Carlos. And I mean, I hope that the network, I don't know. I hope production is held to task over the poor job that they're doing. And I also hope that we can get, you know, some Porsche back. Oh my God. And in a dream that is probably not going to come true, but I'm a dreamer, we'd get Nini too. Imagine that would be amazing. All right. Let's go to the next news item. So if you didn't listen to Nini on Carlos King's podcast, or you didn't listen to my bonus episode with Kendrick, where we break down the entire interview, you should. But one thing that come up came up was Carlos and Nini saying that the audience was robbed of a Phaedra and Candy sit down after the whole like rape allegation storyline. Okay. Candy did an interview and she was asked about it and she said that she does not need to have a conversation with Phaedra and that she does not owe Phaedra anything. Okay. She also says that she suspects that Phaedra may have been involved in a delay for her restaurant to get their liquor license. So it seems like she does think that Phaedra was scheming in more than one way in terms of messing with her business and in terms of putting out this nasty rumor about her. So I get it. Like, I'm on Candy's side. I, like, yeah, would it have been good TV and drama to see the two of them have a sit down? Yeah, but would it be authentic? Would Candy really give a shit or want to hear anything she had to say can we believe anything Phaedra says? Is her apology going to be authentic? Is she even going to apologize? I would think no. I mean, to this day, she hasn't really admitted or apologized. So, like, I'm with her. Phaedra, or sorry, um, Candy doesn't owe Phaedra or anyone else anything when it comes to that. And that's it. It's over. All right. So let's talk about something a little different. Real Housewives of Miami, who we all dearly miss. Um, But it has come out that it seems like Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan, who, if you didn't know, is Michael Jordan's son, who are dating, announced that they have a wedding in the works, which, wow. I mean, maybe they've been dating longer than we know because they probably kept it a secret for a while. But either way, it's like wow. Um, (laughs) It's not like there was an engagement ring or something like that, but TMZ caught them coming out of a restaurant and asked them, you know, any plans of like 
long term. And I think it was Marcus who said, yeah, they're looking at locations for a wedding. So, okay. I mean, oh, I would love to see Larsa's wedding on Real Housewives of Miami. Her engagement, a bachelorette, a bridal show. Like, I want it all. Just give me all of it. Okay. <laughs> and on a more depressing note, we have news from the Lenny-Lisa divorce. So, Lenny is fighting to withdraw his settlement offer in his divorce. So he made a settlement offer with um, his, I don't know, estranged wife, what do you call it? Almost ex-wife, Lisa. And now he's trying to withdraw that, which he's just the worst, honestly. He's really, really, really the worst. (laughs) Okay, so let me give you a little bit more um, details about that. So basically the story is that he's had a change of heart and that he filed an emergency petition on August 10th to rescind the marriage settlement that he and Lisa had come to. Um, You know, he wrote basically he's anticipating that Lisa is going to reject it. So that's why he's, I don't know, erasing it. Now, or not erasing it, but trying to appeal it. Now, I don't, like, if you are a legal person, you may understand maybe this is a thing that people do during divorce, like in these kind of high stakes divorces where there's a lot of money and assets. Um, But a source close to the couple says that his, you know, he's just trying to give her a lowball offer because he's trying to bankrupt her. And, you know, just more and more attorney's fees means that she has to pay more and more. She's going to have less money and and it's going to be like, he's just making her life hell, basically, which I bet that that's the reason I could see that because he is awful. All right. So you are now in the know for everything Bravo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please, please, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and I will be back with more Bravo news next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo. Bravo.